Hello friends, Maurice Harker here. You are about to hear a gold nugget clip from the four seasons of a healthy and happy marriage workshop. I hope you are edified by what you hear today. Stay tuned after the clip. I have a special offer for you when it comes to taking the full workshop. So please, listen on after this episode. Talk to you later. So this is a phrase we taught in the marriage repair workshop. It works especially well in high emotionally tense topics to refer to the, so if you've been married for a long time and the person you were dating four months ago is the person you're still married to, <laughs> by talking about them as if they were a different person decreases defensiveness. It's a really good tool to use. Um, you know, I used to be married to a guy who was a real, yeah, something, something. Okay, and you, the husband can now say, that guy sounds like a dork. Someone ought to smack him in the head. Hopefully, we don't fully catch on to, she was talking about us back then. We're born again men. We are not the man we were three months ago. So it's okay to talk about her that way or him that way. Thank you for that tool. If this is done correctly, psychological intimacy starts to happen almost on accident. You'll find as you really focus your attention on understanding the other person's ideas about the future and feelings about the past, the movement back and forth will increase speed and accuracy. Gone. Okay, I get you now. So it might have taken seven days between these types of meetings moves to seven hours. Okay, then it goes from seven hours to seven minutes. So we start to get faster at this communication. But how do you know when it's time for the pistons to switch direction? They completely reach their peak, meaning the listener has fully listened and the speaker has fully talked. Then they switch. But the catch here is also you've got to leave lots of time for no talking when you're talking. If I've just finished listening to my wife, if I start sharing my thoughts already, I haven't finished pondering what she said. Even if I don't need to drive up to the mountains and have a campfire for three days to run through the Urim and Thumb of this time, I at least need to walk into the kitchen and get a glass of water, take a few breaths, stretch a few things, take some notes, clear my mind. Because if you're in the mood to gaslight, if you're in the mood to challenge, defend, all those things, check the season one checklist to see if you're ready to bring edifying value to the conversation. If not ready to bring edifying value, you are not ready to try to swing the piston the other direction. If you want to tell them how it is, point out what they said that's wrong, et cetera, et cetera, that you're not ready for a cognitive or emotionally intimate interaction. But what starts to happen with psychological intimacy is these ideas and um, thoughts and feelings start to interweave with each other. You might start to almost accidentally do a team discovery work. You might accidentally do a team planning together. Like you're hearing his plans, he's hearing yours, and you start accidentally planning together. All right. Start acting together. You do this part. I'll do this part. You do this part. I'll do this part. Team reflecting. This is where we go back to the identity statements where on your daily rituals, you really remind yourself of who you are and that no matter what chaos and horrific things go on around you, I can still be a good version of me. And it's not about my feelings towards them. This is pleasant roommate mode. This is kind roommate mode. This is where 
if you're making a sandwich and there's you've got time, you can say, hey, I'm making a sandwich for myself. Would you like one? That's not that's not that's still you can still be warm and kind because there's no value in like radiating negative messages. Just so you know, I'm still hating on you for what you said two days ago. Just want to make sure you can feel that from seven away. That's not living up to your identity. One of the most important things we learned from being Christ-like is he was still Christ when people were mean to him, hurt his feelings, sabotaged his plans. We don't get to be disturbed just because someone else misbehaved. So in your Pioneer Woman Mode rituals, in your Man on the Mountain rituals, remind yourself of who you are. Remind yourself of what kind of person you are. I'm only nice to people when they're nice to me. Anyone find a scripture that can back that one up? I don't think so. I know if someone's toxic or dangerous, the rules change. This class is not for toxic or dangerous people. That's what the marriage repair is for. These um, techniques are not designed to woman who is consistently dangerous or toxic. We assume that the person you're in a relationship with wants to be an edifying person, wants to add value, etc. If the reason we are have drawn this out like a pyramid is so it can tell you how much of a marriage you actually have based on what both people can do, how much of a bridge we have. If you're in a relationship with someone who cannot do a decent portion of verbal intimacy, then you actually don't have a marriage. You have a roommate, you have a contractual relationship with another existing person. But if they're not invested in learning how to hear your thoughts and feelings and improve in it, and you listen to their thoughts and feelings and improve in it, then you're actually not in a marriage. And that's very sad, but that's not a marriage. You can ask them very directly because you can't assume just because they lack the skill that they lack the desire. So don't just because they're not good at it doesn't mean they don't want to be good at it. So you just ask directly, do you want to be good at hearing my thoughts? Just ask them, do you want to get good at hearing my thoughts? And if they say, not really, then you don't have a spouse. But some of us, like, I don't need my wife to be good at hearing my, barely ever have any feelings. And so I don't put a lot of effort into sharing my feelings. So I might take like seven minutes per month to share my feelings. And that's enough for me. Like, I don't need any more than that. I don't, so I don't need my wife to be really, really good at that. So remember, this isn't like, this is just like, what is like um, important to you? Now, my ideas, that's really important for me that she is able to hear my ideas. If every time I said, I got an idea, she said, don't share with me. I'm sick of hearing your ideas. Oh my gosh. Just don't tell me your ideas. That would be a dysfunctional relationship for me. Hello again. I hope while you were listening, you had some insights on how to improve your marriage. Now, for that special offer I mentioned earlier, I would like to offer a trade with you. I would like to give you financial credits towards taking the four seasons of a healthy and happy marriage workshop. In fact, I am willing to pay for the whole thing for you to attend it. In exchange, I would ask three small things from you. First, click to follow the Memoirs of an LDS Therapist podcast. Second, share this episode with your Facebook and or Instagram friends. And third, take a screenshot of that share 
and send it to four seasons lcs at gmail.com that's the number four followed by s-e-a-s-o-n-s-l-c-s at gmail.com four seasons lcs at gmail.com for every podcast episode you screenshot and share i will give you a 20 dollars credit toward the next eight week four seasons of a healthy and happy marriage workshop until you have enough credits to pay for the whole thing how does that sound $160 workshop for free I look forward to meeting you and or your loved ones in the next four seasons workshop I teach those workshops live so we will be able to talk directly about how to make things more glorious for you in your marriage or future marriage. See you soon.